When you commune with the Son of God, you find more and more that the idea of strength isn't really a brute force of perfection, but a growing comfortability with weakness and imperfection. Do not conform any longer to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you'll be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good, pleasing, and perfect will. Well, welcome to The Intentional Dad, the podcast for men and their families on a journey to embrace and fulfill the promise of fatherhood. My name is Eric Manley, and a moment ago, you just heard a little bit from my daughter, Ellie, and we have some really beautiful things to share with you today as Ellie joined me a few weeks ago for an interview. And in that interview, she shared her story of how over these last several months, God has been fathering her in the initial stages of her adult life. And so I'm really eager to uh, get to that and and share her story with you. Um, But before we do that, uh, just wanted to take a moment and come back to what it is that we are doing here uh, in 2023 with the Intentional Dad podcast. And and what we're doing is continuing our New Year revolution, which is seizing on the concept of a resolution. It is a play on words. Um, What we're doing is kind of taking what is so good about a resolution and what's at the heart of it is a desire for growth. And that's a beautiful thing that is awakened Uh, with the hope and promise that comes with the new year. Um, But what we're doing this year is extending an invitation to join us in pursuit of something far more profound, far more satisfying than uh, another resolution, resolutions that leave so many people feeling empty and disillusioned. Um, The the Achilles heel, if you will, (laughs) of a resolution is that uh, maybe what we hope for in seizing on the desire for growth, seizing on the desire that comes with the new year to maybe try to do something that makes my new year a little bit better than last, is that um, while there are good things that can come from, say, losing 10 pounds, really good things, and things that are worth pursuing, a lot of times what is awakened in a desire for growth goes so much deeper than what um, might come as satisfaction in losing 10 pounds. It is really something awakened that is um, at the heart level. And it is not something that can be satisfied with something more on the surface transactional level. It is something that our hearts call out a desire for transformational change. And so that's really what the invitation is in calling this a new year revolution. And so here we are um, about a month into the new year and we are continuing that journey and the journey of transformation is uh, certainly more profound and satisfying and and in many ways a little bit more difficult, but it is also worth it. And so what we're doing here at the beginning of the year is starting that journey by sharing stories of apprenticeship and life and intimate life with Jesus is certainly something that is deeply personal and deeply unique. And it is the foundation for God's design for fatherhood 
for parenthood, that as we are being fathered, as we are living this life of intimate apprenticeship, so we also father our children. But it is also something that's meant to be shared in community. And so one very powerful gift we have to offer one another is in sharing our stories of how God is fathering us. Very often in sharing our stories, one of the very powerful gifts we receive from that is it illuminates how God might be fathering us. It sheds light on things that we may have been missing. And so that is a gift that we want to offer here at the beginning of the year in this invitation into a new year revolution. So at the beginning of the year, we did start with a story of apprenticeship, a story of my brother and an experience of God fathering him through some really difficult circumstances when his then three-year-old son, my nephew, suffered a really bad injury. And we continue today then with my daughter, as she shares the story of her first steps into adulthood and how God has been fathering her through so many really big changes. A moment ago, you heard me read Paul's words to the Romans, do not conform any longer to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. And there is that word transform. That again is the invitation of a revolution that we are talking about here. And it is very much a part of the story that my daughter has to share with you in this interview. It is what she has been living out and what God has been inviting her into in a very powerful and beautiful way. So I invite you to continue the revolution and listen in on our discussion as Ellie shares her beautiful story of apprenticeship with Jesus. Well, with me in the studio today is somebody that, well, it's been a little while since I've had her in, and I'm excited, excited to interview her, ask her a little bit about how things have been going. Um, In case you haven't guessed, this is my daughter with us today. Say hi, Ellie. Hi. Hi. So uh, some of you may be aware of a podcast Ellie and I did last summer. And that was a really special occasion because it was the week of her initiation, long-awaited initiation, something over 10 years in the making. And so we had a lot to talk about when we reminisce as we look back over those 10 years. But in particular, we spent some time focusing on what God had been doing in preparing her for that special moment, really through the last year. And one thing that we have learned as a family is just how pivotal that final year of the initiation journey has been for, uh, well, for her brother, Ben. And now she knows very much for herself how pivotal (laughs) that was for her. And so we had an awful lot to talk about and celebrate. And of course, a couple days later, we did celebrate in a very big way with that very special initiation ceremony. And that was a very, very joyful occasion for her and for us as a family and something that we will all cherish always, forever. Mm-hmm. So um, what I have a chance to do today, though, is to sit and talk with her again. Now, several months down the road, she has taken her first steps into her adult life. And that has been a lot of things. So she is a college student now. So through the first part of her freshman year, 
And so at the time that we're recording this podcast, this interview, actually, uh, we're just taking advantage of her break between semesters. And so this is a time for us to, to catch up and look back on what those first few months have been like. And there have been a lot of changes, right, Ellie? Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, pretty much top to bottom. So um, describe some of the things that have been all new for you. Yeah, no, my life did a full 180. I like looking back on this whole year, it feels like two years because there's like separate components of it. Yeah. But uh, living in a dorm, new city new classes, uh, new friends, new community, um, just like a ton of things that just completely changed. Yeah. Yeah. It's, mm -hmm. it's been, it's been a radical shift, right? And it's a shift many of our listeners are, are quite familiar with. Um, many have gone the college route and even for those who might not have, um, those first days away from home, leaving the nest, spreading your wings, whatever you want to call it, right? <laughs> um, you know, maybe some listening had that experience by entering the military, or they just moved out and started life, found an apartment and, and started working, whatever. Um, these big changes uh, are things that I think most of our listeners are going to relate to very, very well. Um, and it is a cool thing to, to step out and be on your own, caring for yourself, managing your whole schedule. I mean, all the things that come with adulthood, mm -hmm. right? And then, of course, a whole new community. <laughs> so, right. so you've kind gone, <laughs> you've gone through. Well, yeah, you, you're not living too far from home, so right. there, there are, there are some things that uh, have carried over. Um, but make no mistake, there's been a, a huge, huge new part of your life that mm -hmm. is taking shape with new friends and new community right. that you have found and fostered at school, right? So with that comes a lot of wonderful things and a lot of very challenging things, right? right? So mm -hmm. um, so let's just go back a little bit, Ellie. Let's, let's just remember um, some of the themes that were surfacing again and again, and how God was fathering you, particularly in that last year leading up to the initiation. What What is your recollection of some of the key themes that he was leading you through and into? Well, one that comes to mind specifically is um, a healing journey I've had with my emotional life and oh. my ability to process perfectionism and how I very easily kind of fall at the feet of perfectionism mm -hmm. and I struggle with um, giving that to God. Yeah. <laughs> so part of how you're wired is this really beautiful thing that <laughs> when you step into something, when you give yourself to something, right. um, your bent is perfection. Right. Yeah. <laughs> right? Yeah. You want it to be really, really good. Yeah. Right. And, and, and it was part of our journey in parenting you is how to, how to nurture you through, um, that process of maybe letting things go when they weren't always perfect. And, and mm -hmm. our journey with that was not perfect, uh, by any right. means, but that was, that was, uh, that was all part of what we had talked about in our last podcast and mm -hmm. some of the, some of the healing that you're referring to that happened in this past year 
involves some of the healing with how we missed your heart in, mm-hmm. in those moments. Right. right. Um, but that fathering uh, certainly, certainly became very clear to you in that final year. And I think to nobody's surprise, it has continued uh, into your initial days and weeks and months of your adult life. Right. Mm-hmm. So um, I wonder if you have a little bit of a story you can tell us with how that has looked since our last chance to talk together in our last podcast. Well, I think a lot of it comes down to how I've been able to process my, my thought life for sure. I definitely face challenges this semester um, in a lot of aspects of my life. Um, And even just the pace of college and Mm -hmm. the temptation to constantly be hurried on a college campus Mm -hmm. meant that I had to create a lot of intentional time to slow down. And then when I did, it felt like finally like unmuting the button of my thoughts and then they'd all come flooding Mm -hmm. out and I'd be like, ah, (laughs) that's Mm -hmm. a lot of imperfection there. Mm -hmm. Um, So I think kind of what the, the places that Godfathered me the most is when I would sit down and when I would sit with those thoughts Mm -hmm. and he would really just come for me in very specific ways Mm -hmm. and tender ways to remind me of the truth and to refocus myself in the truth of my identity, which was very much assaulted by a lot of different things this semester for sure. Yeah. Um, Which yeah. I don't think is a surprise, right? And no, this is this is all part, part of, of living. Yeah. You well, know, it's part of what we prepare you for right. through the initiation, right? Is you know one thing that um, that we work hard to make sure we see clearly is the reality of the context in which we live, which is mm-hmm. a war, a universe at war. Yes, right. Um, there is an enemy that very much hates you. Mm-hmm. And hates me, right? right? And he hates you and me because we are the apple of God's eye, and he hates God the most. So it is no surprise to hear you say that 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 would have continued, um, and in particular, continued in your initial stages as an adult. It is kind of expected that he would probe that and test its resiliency. A little bit. And there was one thing in particular you had shared with me about your growth um, in things that I think you knew, but you have, through these experiences, started to know on a heart level more deeply than you had before. And that is how you understood what it meant to be an initiated woman. Right. Right. Can you share what what you had shared with me about that? Yes, of course. Um, No, I'll actually read the little little quote that I wrote. Yeah, I'd like that. Um, And then I'll go into it more. But um, I wrote, uh, I find God reminding me that the essence of my newfound womanhood is not shown in my ability to make every perfect decision and be a perfect person, but in my choices to say yes to Jesus's invitations for intimacy within my brokenness and weakness. When you commune with the Son of God, you find more and more that the idea of strength isn't really a brute force of perfection, but a growing comfortability with weakness and imperfection. 
Wow. That is profound. And so much of what I am excited to share in this interview, actually, is um, just a chance to tell a little bit more of your story, because things like that have been really coming out a lot as you have started to kind of try to get your arms around the things that God has had for you in these more recent months, right? You shared with me on your break here at home, these quotes that capture at least, uh, at least some of your story in, in some really powerful ways. So that's what I really am excited to get into here. Let's start with the quote that you just read. And, you know, like, like I said, all of these have a much bigger story behind them, right? Mm -hmm. You didn't just wake up one morning and have this little nugget of wisdom dropped (laughs) in your lap. Right. This has come from you living these things out over the last several months. And, Mm -hmm. and look, let's be honest. It's not just last several months. I mean, this goes back, um, at least through this final year of initiation that that we had talked about before. Right. So, you know, some of this is, uh, a story that extends back a couple months. Some of it extends maybe even over a year, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Either way. Right. Um, so this particular story here, what you came to um, in realizing the true definition of what it means to be a beloved daughter and a woman mm-hmm. walking with Jesus. Right. Tell me, uh, tell me more. What, what's, <laughs> what's, uh, what's the right. story behind the story there? Yeah. Um, I think the main thing that led me to this this snippet i guess if you if you want to say that um was my journey over the semester with looking back on my initiation and realizing i had a defining moment where my community came and affirmed my womanhood and still feeling an assault on my womanhood and looking at the new experiences i were i was having and some of the ways where I felt still young and kind of unresolved and imperfect and like I didn't have an answer to everything or I didn't have everything figured out. Um, Maybe even some regrets about how I handled certain things. Um, The enemy would come and kind of implant the lie that I must not really be a woman then Mm -hmm. or I maybe in this moment it's like specifically like oh that's not very woman-like of you. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, accusing. So, yeah. Doing yeah. his accusing, accusing thing, right? As, yeah. as he does. <laughs> yeah. Um, so I struggled for a little while with kind of um, feeling that pressure and feeling like I wasn't quite living up to it. Um, and I think I kind of over the semester came to this journey through a lot of other experiences, which we'll talk more about today as well, um, kind of this definition of womanhood, like how am I defining my womanhood and why do I feel that it's something that is shown in my performance Mm -hmm. and in my, Mm -hmm. in my ability, like, like, of course I'm still young. Like I experienced a lot of new things this semester and just because I'm still young and I'm still a new woman doesn't make me right. unwomanlike. It's the um, it's the tendency for me to uh, accept Jesus's invitations and 
walk every step of the confusing and messy parts of my life with Jesus. Mm -hmm. And that's where my confidence comes from, that like I'm rooted in that intimacy. Without my um, struggles and uh, kind of imperfections that I have to go through, I don't have the opportunity to grow in intimacy with right. Jesus. Right. Like, so tell tell the last part of that quote again. Right. Tell said, the last part of that quote again. When you commune with the Son of God, you find more and more that the idea of strength isn't really a brute force of perfection, but a growing comfortability with weakness and imperfection. Right. 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 Because it's in that weakness where we are most primed for intimacy with him. Right. For dependence. For on dependence him. on him. Right. And for fathering. Right. 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 And yeah. I, I have to, I have to experience these things to learn these things. Yeah. So the idea that I don't know it beforehand, which I tend to find as a reason to beat myself up, like, right. well, how could you not notice? But like, you're, you're a woman, like you should know this. You should know like these now, things. Like now. Your, your brother said that, that works. Your brother, your brother talked about <laughs> right. the same struggle and right. the enemy attacking him in the same way. Mm-hmm. Right. And he's an accuser. So mm-hmm. he he comes after those things that he he feels has a chance to stick. It would be easy. It would be easy to latch onto that and that would feel very, very real. Oh, I'm an initiated woman now. Mm-hmm. I should I'm doing the air quotes thing here, you can't see, <laughs> but I, I should be past something like this. I should, air quotes thing again, have things figured out. Mm-hmm. Right. So what Jesus fathered you through is a realization that you were being lied to, that this Mm -hmm. was an accusation, that this was coming from an enemy that hates you and that is trying to undermine the good things that are happening by bringing you back to the truth, you know. And the way I had expressed this to you guys both is that your initiation marked an official start of your adulthood. In God's eyes, you had crossed that threshold into adulthood. And as a community, we came around you to affirm that. Mm-hmm. So you're adults. Mm-hmm. You are inexperienced adults. <laughs> okay. Yeah. And so are all of us who start journeys. So are right. all of us who turn a page into a new chapter. At one point, we're inexperienced. Right. But the journey begins. And the experiences come and we grow and we learn. It's not like we have this ceremony and all of a sudden, whoa, you have all of adulthood and and this entire life of apprenticeship with Jesus figured out top to bottom. No, the whole journey, or excuse me, the whole initiation process is a journey, as is our entire life of apprenticeship with Jesus, right? Right, right. It's just a specific journey to equip and help us recognize what it looks like to enter into that journey with intimacy with God as as an adult as an adult right ready right. to ready to receive your sense of well-being directly from him right. that you are loved that you belong and you have nothing to prove mm-hmm. as an adult you carry your need for those kinds of validation to him you learn to receive that directly from him. Mm-hmm. And in the process of initiation, it's a handoff of receiving that from your parents when you come into this world to an adult now receiving that directly from God, mm-hmm. right? right? 
And that's what sets you up for that adult life of apprenticeship with Jesus. And that's what you're referring to right there. It's not about perfection at all, ever. (laughs) (laughs) Damn. That's my specialty. (laughs) It is, which is a particularly thorny thing for you to sort out because of how you're wired, Mm -hmm. right? You do have a bent for perfection. And it's a it's an aspect of your personality that we celebrate and love and adore and that Jesus absolutely delights over. Mm-hmm. Right. And in having that bent, it does set you up for some things to be thrown at you, accusations and lies, to feel very, very real, mm-hmm. very, very true. And so this this particular element of your fathering was one I took particular delight in when I saw that quote. Mm-hmm. And knowing your story, knowing my daughter, knowing my own uh, aspects of perfectionism and how that spoke to me in mm-hmm. my story. Right? Yeah. And what we're doing in sharing these stories, right, is it is just one very powerful way that it, we we do this apprenticeship thing in community is that in sharing a story and sharing your story of how God is fathering you and bringing you to that wisdom and that understanding, mm-hmm. well, that illuminates some ways he's fathering me. Yeah, there's a little perfectionism in all of us. Yeah, and it's, it's, <laughs> yeah. More, it's more prevalent, I think, than I had been aware of before mm-hmm. in my own life. And so I read a quote like that, and I think those are words meant for my heart as well. Right? And that makes my heart so happy. Yeah. <laughs> I can take something that, I, me and God created that, yeah. that benefits me and then share it with others. Yeah. You know, yeah. that just, that this random thought popped in my head, but I was reminded of a quote from the chosen yeah, that okay. Jesus says, um, I think it's episode one, I believe the chosen season two. And he says, this is what we Jews do. We share and tell stories. What's yours? And then somebody shares their story. That was very off topic, but no, I just, no, it made me think of it. But, that, but that's it. That's yeah. it. That's it. And, and that's what we're yeah. doing with, with these stories that we're wanting to share. And in mm-hmm. this case, yours right here. Right. Yeah. So we have more because yes. th- that was not the only thing. I mean, that could have been the only thing and that would have been, wow, right. Really good stuff. Right. But this, this really neat thing has started to unfold that you have entered into with Jesus and again, it's just this process. You're living your life. You're doing the things you've always done. And you have the journaling. You have your praying. You have your reading of scripture. And you're doing all of these things, worship, music, you know, walking. You, you love to walk outdoors, right? Mm-hmm. So you found a place on campus that you do. Right. All of these things. All of these things are happening. And these are the ways that you have your intimacy with Jesus in the midst of this whole new life unfolding, mm-hmm. right? So all of that is continued. And then there's this new thing where he's invited you to just keep digging and digging and digging, work it down, whittle it down. What is the (laughs) thing that he has for me to receive? And as you kind of get your arms around it more and more and more, this thing emerges, this little snippet of wisdom, right? So you just shared one of them. And sometimes they're direct quotes from Jesus that Jesus tells me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But he doesn't just give them to you, right? He prepares me for them. He prepares you for them, right? And so that's what I'm saying. There's this process. Mm -hmm. And so I want to, I want to get into a few more here with our time. Yeah. Um, I tell you, you pick one. You you pick one that you want to want to start with sure. or go on to. We're not starting. We're, we're into it now. But let's, <laughs> uh, let's go on. Let's go on to another one. What do you yeah. have? 
I'm going to go with Grace Has No Timeline. Oh, okay. This one's fun. <laughs> okay. So, all right, help me out. I want to. Yeah. I want you to unpack that one a little bit. Yeah. More. I'll set up um, how I received this quote. So some of my best times with Jesus are just walking around campus, just from one place to the next. I get mm-hmm. about 10, 15 minutes, just talk to him, mm-hmm. even if it's a very like simple little conversation. Mm-hmm. Um, or sometimes I find myself thinking and mulling over something and then he catches me and then turns into a conversation. In mm-hmm. this case, I was mulling over something I wanted to get over. Um, I was feeling anxious about something that I was facing and I felt kind of naive and dumb that I couldn't like move on from this thing. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. So I felt kind of discouraged and like, you know, that feeling when you when you aren't getting over something and you wish you could. Yeah. And you've been working at it for a while. Yeah. And you just can't. I just want to lay this down. <laughs> I just want to put this down. Like, I'm yeah, just done right. with this. Yep. Yep. Um, yep. So I was kind of stuck in that cycle, um, kind of feeling discouraged and worried that, what if I face this problem forever? You know? Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, and then Jesus caught me and he just said, beloved, grace has no timeline. Wow. And to fill it in, um, I... I completely understood what he meant because I had an expectation that I put on myself and a pressure that I put on myself to get over this, this thing in a certain amount of time thinking, you know, along the lines of perfectionism that once I got over this, then I'd be good. Like I could be happy with myself. If I could get over this in a reasonable amount of time, Mm -hmm. then God can start fathering me again in the Mm -hmm. way that he usually does. Mm -hmm. Right. Mm -hmm. But the imperfection is where God fathers us the most, right? So mm. by him saying grace has no timeline, he's saying that these worldly expectations that you put on success and how you get over something in a certain amount of time, that's not how I see it. That's not how I see you in this struggle. I'm not sitting here waiting for you to get this done. I'm not sitting for like here expecting you to be over this grace has no time frame has no timeline it's eternal yep um so that just really hit me good <laughs> and this was actually like the first quote that i wrote yeah and that i kept adding quotes underneath. yeah this is kind of how this new new little tradition right. with you and jesus right. started, i was like that's right? pretty good i'm gonna write that down yeah, <laughs> like that this one, seems like i might want to write this down it is worth um and so how yeah. has that continued to play out then when mm-hmm. when inevitably you've had more mm-hmm. moments where you find yourself wanting to have this little civil war over not being able to put something down yeah Tell me how this plays out now. Oh, yeah. I keep having to come back to it again and again. Um, Still being caught up. Newsflash, y'all, I haven't moved on. (laughs) We're still there. (laughs) But... (laughs) um, (laughs) uh, But I... Every time I have that moment where I'm caught up in that civil war and God just reminds me like the pressure is off. I'm not expecting you to get this in a certain amount of time. I'm holding this. I'm holding this journey completely. Every step is imprinted with my will and my hope for you. 
just walk into each each time with me. I, there's not there's not this expectation for you to get over this. This is where I'm at right now. Yeah. <laughs> not not when you arrive, yeah. when you're done. Like this is where I'm at yeah. right now. So it's 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 turned into a reminder mm-hmm. to be faithful and present mm-hmm. to what he has for you today. Right, presence. He's not mm-hmm. telling you to cut off your desire for growth. Right. And this is an area you'd like to grow, right? You'd like to have some resilience in your thought life, mm-hmm. right? But not at the expense of the good things he has for you, where you are today, right now, right. in this present moment. Right. And what the gift is, is the grace he's offering you every moment of every day, arms wide open, twinkle in his eye. <laughs> delight over his daughter that says come with me with mm-hmm. all the stuff <laughs> right yes yeah be with me mm-hmm. beautiful oh man okay so grace has no timeline mm-hmm. is kind of where it all started mm-hmm. um and that was the first of many so we've kind of done the bookends now right we've <laughs> the, the the more the most the most recent one is what we started with and then the uh the the first one where the story of of this particular uh tradition you have developing with God mm-hmm. um we have those those bookends so there've been several in between all right so let's do another one sure um i'll go with Two at once, actually. Okay. Kind of fun. All right. So two that kind of go together. Yeah. Okay. Um, the first one is, I may be complex, but your love is simple. It's when my complexity meets your simplicity that your spirit works. Wow. And then the second one is, unresolved is imperfection, and imperfection is where he does his best work. Okay. Um, so, yeah, both of those are kind of connected. Um, I remember writing down the quote unresolved is imperfection better than I remember writing down the complexity one. Like okay. I'd love to tell a story about the complexity one, but my mind is just going blank as to how I thought of it. It's beautiful. I love it. And that's okay. Yeah. I can so, get into it. But. Okay. Okay. But <laughs> yeah. you say both, both of these, I mean, <laughs> they kind of came together, right? right? I mean, it was it may not have been on a, the exact same day, but mm-hmm. I think they're probably connected to, yeah what you are remembering about the second quote. So tell it, tell the story. And I think it probably tells the story of both. Yes. Um, I think the imperfection is where he does his best work. I remember uh, it was after I, uh, chatted with Ben a little, he drove me home. Ben, Ben is my big brother. Um, he's Mm -hmm. been on a few podcasts. Um, he drove me home and dropped me off at my dorm Um, And I chatted with him about something that he was facing that was kind of complicated. Um, And then I sat down and I felt a lot of feelings and kind of conflictedness that night. So I did what I do when I'm feeling things (laughs) and, and thinking a lot and almost overthinking. I journal. So I was journaling a little bit, um, just kind of about what I was feeling And I realized like, wow, I like sometimes I even perfectionize my journaling to the point where like if I don't come to a resolved ending by the end of my my journaling session, I'm like, well, what was the point of that? You know, Um, so 
after I journaled everything, I was like, this is really unresolved. Like I do not have answers or really a straightforward answer as to what I'm feeling. Like Mm -hmm. it's a lot of back and forth. Um, So then I, I just kind of reflected with Jesus about how it's not bad that it's unresolved. Like I don't have to wrap this up with a neat little bow for um, me to be able to receive what God has for me in this. Right. right. Um, and then I remember uh, Ben drove me home again another night. Um, and I was kind of it, at that place, um, how I had been struggling is I just was feeling very exhausted. It had been a long semester. Um, and I just felt really exhausted by my thought life and just how I had been struggling with my internal civil war every day of like Mm. the pull to perfectionism, the pull to intimacy. Like I just felt a very, like, I just felt exhausted and I just kind of expressed to Ben, like, I'm just so tired. Like sometimes Mm -hmm. just living Mm -hmm. in my head is exhausting. Mm -hmm. Um, Mm -hmm. and he brought up, uh, some really good things. He said like, you know, when you have a beach ball and you, um, push it down underwater and it pops back up really high or the Mm -hmm. longer you push it down, the longer you hold it down, it pops back up really high. And I think he was kind of mentioning the fact that I'm exhausted because I'm just trying to subdue my imperfection and trying trying to push it down, trying to push it down. Yep. Um, Contain it maybe. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Make it livable. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Um, So I, so then he said, you know, every time you wake up in the morning, Think about three things that you like about yourself. Mm. And I was like, that's good. I'm going to do that. Mm-hmm. Like really well, almost perfectly. <laughs> <laughs> oh, sweet irony. <laughs> <laughs> oh, sweet irony. <laughs> I was like, that sounds like a great idea. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so, you know, I kind of s- struggled through that for a little while um, and realized that, dang, it's really hard to think of things that I like about myself after all. Or the things that I think of, I'm like, no, no, that can't be good enough, you know. Um, But I kind of realized that a lot of the things that I didn't want to say were something that dealt with my complexity, whether Mm. it was my raw emotions or my frantic thought life or just the things that I I struggled with. Um, Rarely (laughs) was I quick to think of those things as things that I loved about myself. So, you know, I, I started to realize that this fear of insecurity and kind of imperfection is really similar to consuming versus receiving. Uh, I, yeah. right, well, I got to pause you there. Yeah. Right. Okay. Cause there's, okay. A little bit, little background and this will be, so this will be, this will be a subject of, of another podcast at some point, but Something that we have shared over the years as a family, uh, we've had different names for them over the years, but one that will be most easily explained to you now, a way of describing this is reframes, all right? And again, coming back to um, to what we had mentioned before, this this reality of of the universe at war, the context of the stories that we live in means that we live in a world that is constantly assaulting our perception of God, his goodness, his heart toward us, 
and our perception of ourselves. We have um, found it very helpful as a family to disengage from the false reality of what the enemy would present to us and seek out in a very intentional way to re-engage with the ultimate reality of God's goodness and God's heart toward us and uh, a um, truer understanding of who we are, right? Mm -hmm. So you had just talked about one, Mm -hmm. consuming versus receiving. Right. And I'll share a quote to kind of go along with this. I think this will help fill in the blanks for consuming versus receiving. But I realized that I find goodness and kind of completeness, almost perfectionism, as something that there's not enough of right? that I need to grasp and take hold of myself, which is rooted in the lie that God isn't good enough right? and his abundance isn't enough for me. Yeah. And so, so in this case, you are sitting with that idea of consuming versus receiving and another reframe that is closely related to that is abundance versus scarcity. Right. Oh, I didn't even know of that one. Yeah. yeah. (laughs) That's a good one too. (laughs) And so when we kind of get swept away with the idea that we live in a world of scarcity, Mm -hmm. right. And there's only so much time and there's only so much opportunity, for example, um, somebody like you that might play out Ellie in, therefore I have to get this thing perfect Mm-hmm. to make the most of this scarce opportunity I have. Right. I wrote a little bit in a journal entry. Um, God made me with a longing for things to be good, which I love and embrace. Yet good isn't something I need to grasp because I'm afraid there isn't enough of it. Good is the abundant truth I live out of and wake up to every day. Good is the never-ending present love of God, which holds me close in all of my complexity. My complexity, which is far more than just blissful happiness, is not something to run and hide from. Beautiful. Mm -hmm. And there you go. That's the reframe, right? Right. That takes your consuming mindset and opens your hands to a receiving mindset. Not trying to grasp the small amount of good that we presume to be there, but to open your hands Mm -hmm. and receive the never-ending abundant good that is there. Right. It's just a, just a 180 degree turning upside down of how we look at things. (laughs) Right. Right. And it takes effort. It takes intentionality because the world we live in does present a very convincing reality of things like scarcity. It does present a very convincing reality that we better grab hold of what's there because it's going to be gone. Right. Or it's not even like within the world, but kind of within myself. Right. Like the idea that um, that if I don't figure this out, it, it, it's up to me yeah. to figure this out. That it's up to me to make things perfect because God's not going to come through for me. Right, yeah. and that's the that's the nugget. Right? Yeah. <laughs> okay, so so that's the that's the background of those two quotes, mm-hmm. um, and so a really rich story unfolding there. Yeah. So this well has gotten pretty deep, Ellie. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I'm here for. <laughs> but I, I, I mentioned that because you're not done, right? Mm-hmm. You have more that he has given you over over this semester. Yeah. So let's keep going. What's yeah. another one? Um, this is more of a longer quote, but 
Um, kind of going back to how I felt that because I didn't know the answer to everything, mm-hmm. um, that maybe that discredited my womanhood, which right. we reflected on that wasn't true. Um, so I'll read the quote. What if every time I recognized a way I could grow, instead of beating myself up for not having known that in the first place, I see it as an incredible invitation to receive more and more of what God has for me and to grow deeper roots into his love. Because mm. I think that's what I often do is I'm like, my eyes are opened to something that I see that I can grow in. And the enemy swoops in and is like, <clears throat> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Wow, look at how much you're failing over here. Like, you can't yeah. have this figured out. Mm-hmm. And in reality, it's an invitation mm-hmm. to walk that road with Jesus. It's not because I don't have this figured out. It's not like a a reason to beat down on myself. It's a reason to recognize how much more God has for me. Yeah. So mm-hmm. it's the difference between how we're conditioned to see those weaknesses, to see those moments of being unprepared or not knowing uh, how we see them as shameful. We're conditioned to see them as shameful. Right. Right. And what God is reminding you of here, he does not look at those things that way. Right. right. It's within those moments that he extends his invitation to draw you into a deeper oneness with him, the thing he cares the most about, (laughs) right? Right. And so in his arms, these things we don't yet have figured out, these things that are not grown up yet, these things that need his nurturing touch, those are are invitations that um, bring us into the reality of, of his heart for us. So... Read it again one more time. That's a really good one. What if every time I recognized a way I could grow, instead of beating myself up for not having known it in the first place, I see it as an incredible invitation to receive more and more of what God has for me and to grow deeper roots into his love. What if? What if? What if? Yeah. Hmm. Yeah, and I think that's really good for many of the the parents that are listening to. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I remember um, how your book is opening people to the invitations God might have for them. Right. But you mention a lot, this is not to invite shame. Right. Like probably 20 times. (laughs) Right. Well, there's a reason. Right. It's pretty important. Yeah. Right. Um, So that just also made me think of that as well, kind of drawing in the parenting. Like, Was, Was it 20 times? I don't think it was that many. <laughs> <laughs> no, but it, it's it's essential. The the outflow for any parents who are listening is to recognize how this is unfolding in your own life and then turn and recognize how that is unfolding in your children's lives. It teaches us to look beyond behavior right. in our kids is really the point. Because right. the behavior is a, pre, it's a presentation. It's what we see, mm-hmm. but there is always, 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 always right. something behind it. The goal always. is the heart. Yes, the heart. We're, we're driving for the heart. We're trying to understand what it is that they're responding to as highlighted in behaviors that as parents, we're drawn to shape. We don't shape them by dealing with the behavior so much as we shape them by going after their heart and mm-hmm. understanding how often shame is shaping their perception and their responses. Right. Right. And the 
the process of going after their heart is the beauty of where God works. Correct. Not them not knowing how to handle it in the first place. Correct. And that's where the bonding of parent to child. That's happens. right. That's where that's where we build those bridges of trust to understand what it is that's going on in their hearts, and going mm-hmm. after their hearts, right. and bringing Jesus into the mm-hmm. middle of the healing that they need at the heart level. Right. right? Yep. This is just yep. what you taught me. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> I am no position to give parenting advice as an eighteen-year-old. <laughs> no, but you you brought up what you had read in my book, right? Which, yeah. I'm excited you're reading my book. So, anyway, <laughs> of course. Um, so this this has been quite a journey. Mm-hmm. What you've had to share with us is a tremendously beautiful gift, and I thank you for that. You're most welcome. So as as we wrap up our interview, um, I think that there are there are two things mm-hmm. that I want to finish with. Yeah. And one, I want to come back to something that you and I have shared as a central part of all of our years together, walking intentionally in initiation and now as two adults walking out apprenticeship together. And that is a proverb that is just uh, just deeply woven into all of it. Mm-hmm. It's Proverbs 4.23 from yes. Solomon, which reads, Guard your heart above all else, for it determines the course of your life. Yeah, and other translations say, for it is the wellspring of life, Mm. the source of life, true life, Mm. kingdom life, life from the Father, comes through the heart. Mm. And so I, years ago, resonated with the first part of that proverb. Just read the first part one more time. Guard your heart above all. Uh, that's the one. And you did yeah. the emphasis for me. Thank you. I've heard it Ab- enough times. Above all else. <laughs> Boy, I tell you, I mean, when I read in scripture something that definitive, yeah. above all else, uh, it gets my attention. <laughs> right? And so much of what you have described, the story that you have shared with us, the experiences that you've had in your initial days of adulthood have been guarding your heart. Mm -hmm. And in short, guarding your heart has been a fight for intimacy and oneness with your Abba Mm -hmm. on a daily basis. And in the process of doing that, receiving this beautiful, beautiful, beautiful ongoing fathering of your heavenly father delighting over his beloved daughter. Mm-hmm. What a great story. And so, um, yeah, that proverb has come to mind for me as you've been sharing your story here. And then there's one more thing that I want you to share yeah. as a wrap up to your story. And this is actually something that you came to uh, well, what about six weeks ago? Something like that. Yep. Um, I was laying on a hill on campus and this was like early November and it was lovely. And it was just an opportunity to completely take a break from school and just lay in this sun. Mm. Um, so I decided to write a little psalm slash poem. Um, mm. so I'll read it. It's titled, My Good Shepherd. Oh, to rest in green meadows, to breathe in his life. 
My soul is restored. The ageless romancer has captured my soul. Although I still carry shame and fear, I worry that what I do will never be enough. And if I try to share parts of my life I hide and protect, they will be vulnerable. I fear that I'm a hypocrite, that my identity is nothing but a fraud. But why would I fear? Don't I believe that Abba is big enough, bigger than those little fears? Must I remember that if he is as grandiose as I know he is, his love is just as grandiose. And those fears that I think could affect my identity are so insignificant compared to how much my shepherd loves me. It can feel untrue and hard to believe, but nonetheless, it is the ultimate truth. I am his. How does he see me now in this present moment? His daughter, his delight. Amen. Amen. Amen, indeed. I want to thank you for joining in with us today, and I hope Ellie's story and the things that God has had for her have been an encouragement to you as well. That's certainly our hope. Um, just want to say that if you would like to come back to the quotes that Ellie shared, these little snippets of wisdom, and kind of sit with them yourself, uh, you can find those at theintentionaldad.org. They will be made available there. And in addition to that, I also want to invite you to share in some ongoing conversation. Paid members at theintentionaldad.org have access to community interaction through comments and private chats, depending on the membership level. And we would be honored to have you sharing in the New Year revolution with us that way. So if that's of interest to you, you can find information about memberships and more at, again, theintentionaldad.org. Okay, I thank you again so much for being with us and joining in the conversation with us. And until next time, may God bless you and your family very richly. Mm-hmm.